working in the organ transplantation industry uh, you know it was very evident to me about the gap that was there between uh, the uh, transplantable organ demand and availability uh, the number of recipients are way more than the number of donors and that specifically is a very big bridge that we have to cap so many lives are lost on a daily basis globally my name is Eddie Avil. I'm your host and today I have with us Piyush Padmanabhan he is a biotech graduate from VIT Institute he has been part of companies such as Biocon, Roche. While working in the renal and liver organ transplantation sectors in India, he realized the vast abyss between organ demand and availability. Uh, he is currently the CEO director at Next Big Innovation Labs, where he and his team push the needle towards a future where organ transplantation wait list will be a thing of the past. The company's focus is to drive the change both on the technology and biology. Today's lab startups from around the world have already 3D printed mini hearts, lungs, kidneys, ears, skins, ovaries, eye corneas. Plus there are other entrepreneurs who are 3D printing uh, things such as meat, seafood, homes, bridges, buildings. And the list is constantly growing with Virginia entrepreneurs pushing the boundaries of what people um, impossible. So, Piyush, uh, really happy to have you on Change I Am Possible podcast. So, let's let's start with uh, your career, your your background, so my audience gets a little context on the conversation. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for uh, having me on the podcast. Uh, I feel uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, podcasts like these are important uh, not for only for our country but also for uh, uh, people uh, who want to become entrepreneurs or who want to get into the space of tech uh, which can be quite scary for a few you know um, so uh, my story is like uh, any other kid I mean I grew up uh, in Bangalore um, a few uh, years uh, we were outside India because uh, my father was over there uh, in the Middle East uh, and uh, I came back to Bangalore, studied, uh, completed my high school here, after which I uh, did my undergraduate degree in biotech from uh, VIT University Bangalore. And uh, after that, uh, I was pretty much, I mean, I was, uh, I, I, I wanted to stick to my core and uh, I did not take the job offer from VIT. Uh, but in fact, I sat at home for eight months trying to figure out what to do next. And uh, that's when I got a lucky break at Biocon. Uh, I worked there for a few years where uh, my focus was on sales and marketing uh, for uh, kidney and liver transplantation uh, medications. And uh, after which uh, I moved to uh, uh, Roche Pharmaceuticals to get a more of a you know global outlook. And uh, that's where I, I sort of, you know, looked at how uh, multinational looks at the same market. I, I was in the same market of uh, liver and kidney transplantation, uh, same role in sales and marketing. Uh, and uh, after that, uh, you know, I, I ended up uh, starting my own company. So the transition uh, was I reached a point where uh, I, I pretty much got tired of uh, working for other people and I wanted to work for myself. That that was the basic mantra. It was a very cliche mantra, but that's that's where it started. Uh, and that's where the seed was sown, at least uh, in the beginning stages. And uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Alok, uh, we both of us know each other from high school. Um, and uh, he's been involved in 3D printing tech for a very long time since his master's. Uh, and both of us kept sharing notes on this. And that's how uh, 
uh, you know, we we got together and uh, started NBIL along with uh, Pooja and uh, Ratan. So that's how the four of us came together. Uh, but specifically, yes, for me, it was more of uh, uh, not wanting to work for others, uh, but to work for myself and to build something that could actually change uh, you know, the whole scope of how medicine works. Uh, working in the organ transplantation industry, um, it, it was very, um, uh, you know, it was very evident to me about the gap that was there between uh, the uh, transplantable organ demand and availability. Uh, the number of recipients are way more than the number of donors. And that specifically is a very big bridge that we have to gap. So many lives are lost on a daily basis globally. Um, and I was looking at what technologies could actually solve this issue. And that's, and this is a cause that's very close to my heart because uh, I, when you're working in the industry, you see what is actually happening from the patient's angle, from the doctor's angle, and from a pharmaceutical angle. And that's where I felt 3D bioprinting can actually help bridge the gap. Uh, the technology allows you to build an entire uh, organ from the ground up. And um, it's it's just that that was the other driving motivator for me to actually start something on my own. Uh, the fact that I was so enthusiastic about uh, I'm a tech head in general, but the fact that, uh, you know, bioprinting was so interesting was something that and that had so much potential to something that was so close to my heart. Uh, it it, it uh, hit the ball home for me. Lovely. So that's how I started off. And, and now we are here. We are at NBIS. Lovely, lovely. How cool is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so I, I guess this COVID situation has has made everybody an entrepreneur. Obviously, you've been an entrepreneur for much longer time. Yeah. But somehow, I, I think we are in a fantastic uh, point in human history. Uh, this yeah. COVID, I, I, yes, obviously, it's been disastrous. I mean, world over, it's disastrous for the people, the families, the lives that has been lost. Uh, the economical impact is humongous. We don't really know what's going to happen next. But, you know, it, it, it definitely has a silver lining. You know, I mean, today I, I see that there are so many, uh, you know, homemakers who are becoming, becoming entrepreneurs. There, there are... Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, I do not watch TV. I stopped watching, watching TV. But there are these fantastic content creators who are creating podcasts. There are, there are these, there, there's, this, there's this kid in my building, he, he's 16 years old. He's now started a business. He started, we have around 22 wow. plus buildings in a college. At 16 years old. 16 years old. And, and he, he started selling wow. stuff. And, and now he's made a WhatsApp group and, 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 and the business is growing. So yes, I mean, entrepreneurship and innovation, I think it's, it all starts with the head. And today, I think internet has enabled everyone. And if you, if you are open and if you understand what's happening uh, globally in the yeah. space of technology and if you just leverage that you can create some crazy transformational uh, innovations 3d printing i think it's going to revolutionize healthcare it's it's at the cusp i mean people are just trying to figure out what it is but when we actually have a 3d printed feasible uh, workable transplantable yeah. 
organ that is going to revolutionize health uh, industry there are there are people do who i know who are waiting for organ like my my wife's friend they are in australia they have a kid who is somewhere around 2 and 1/2 years old the kid had cancer and they had to uh, wait for an uh, organ for months and luckily they got a uh, the a perfect match but you know when i use the term luckily that means somebody has to pop off somebody has to die for that yeah. that kid so but then you are rev- yeah yeah that's quite sad so so but yes you are revolutionizing you you're part of that revolution so can you talk to us about the current status in the terms of the technology with 3d bioprinting currently let me start off with a focus that most bioprinting companies are run by uh the focus is this to bridge that gap to bridge the gap that's the holy grail of 3d bioprinting to bridge the gap between transplantable organ demand mm-hmm. and transplantable organ availability because uh, you know like you said right someone has to pop off for this person to actually get an organ and that shouldn't be the scenario uh, we uh, if uh, we have uh, we have reached uh, uh you know we have reached to a stage where we can make machines talk and behave like human beings uh then i think we should first figure out how we can fix the problems that human beings already have and uh, that's where uh, 3d bioprinting comes to the fore uh 3d bioprinting right now is at a stage where um there is research that is happening both in academia and inter- industry it's very interesting because uh you know on the academic side the focus is more um uh, more towards the clinical aspects they are looking at how 3d bioprinting can be applied uh in a more uh direct to patient sort of an approach uh and uh, the industry is looking at uh, uh the aspects of the engineering you have companies that are building great bioprinters uh and uh, they are also looking at uh, clinical applications um but specifically right now globally uh, we have not reached a stage where you know uh, we have gotten to organs yet yeah so uh, when you're getting to organs let me break it down for the audience because uh, organs are made up of cells and you know uh, any organ is not made up of one cell type you have multiple cell types so you have to ensure that all those cell types grow the the beauty of the human body is that it grows naturally within us but the moment you take it out and put it in a lab atmosphere it becomes twice as hard to replicate what is happening within the human body i mean any given organism uh, you know it heals by itself so that that's that's the beauty of nature so uh, bioprinting is pretty much trying to uh, do what nature is trying to do to build an organ from the ground up and uh, one uh, since the organ is made up of different cell types uh, putting those cell types together is quite important uh, and putting them in the right order is also quite important and that's where the technology part of 3d bioprinting comes in that's where the uh, you know the materials that are used in 3d bioprinting comes in and the second problem the second hurdle uh, that we see is omnipresent within the industry is uh, vasculature which is veins and arteries so veins and arteries go to each and every cell to replicate that outside the human body is really difficult because these are really tiny and you need to get that level of precision uh, don't get me wrong there is great research that is happening globally uh, 
Uh, there's great research that is happening in uh, uh, in terms of how to re, uh, rebuild arteries and veins and how to uh, get them as small as possible to reach each and every cell. And that is great work that is happening with, uh, we call it heterogeneous uh, cell growth, which is grow basically growing multiple cells at one go. <clears throat> and this is where we see uh, that, you know, the technology is at currently um, but yes people have used 3d bioprinters to make a mini heart like they're done in israel and uh, they've they've built a lung within a, a sort of a small alveolar sac that can be used for testing so that's an amazing uh, thing uh, i know about this indian researcher i don't think i should reveal his name because it's still under he's still getting his patent but he's right now um, uh, at a point where uh, he uh, they he started his uh, uh, his clinical trials for uh, 3D printed bone constructs to go into patients. Um, and uh, there's, there's some interesting work that is happening in the space. And uh, that's where uh, uh, 3D bioprinting is at. Uh, we are at a stage where uh, uh, we have to figure out vasculature, uh, the veins and arteries. We have to figure out how different cells grow together outside the lab, how to layer them one layer on top of the other. So bioprinting, the core concept, I think I, I forgot to explain the core concept of bioprinting is 3D printing. So you have the bed and you have the three, the extruder moving. So all these can move in X, Y, Z axis. So you have one layer on top of another layer that is being formed. And uh, in traditional biotechnology methods, uh, you wouldn't be actually able to position these cells specifically, you know, in a, in a specific area. And that's what bioprinting does. It allows you to position these cells in a specific pattern. And, uh, and the initial pattern uh, is called a scaffold. So in ours, uh, in a 3D bioprinting as such, uh, is at a stage where the companies right now globally are developing, um, uh, they're developing tissues that can be used for testing. Uh, so these are small scale tissues, one centimeter or two centimeters big, uh, that, that can be used for testing as an alternative to animal testing. Uh, globally, you know, there's a ban in animal testing. People are looking for alternatives and 3D bioprinting is providing that alternative. Uh, apart from that, it provides a more precise model for testing because, uh, you know, you're, you're getting it, uh, you're getting the cell positioning right. Like I mentioned earlier, positioning those cells are quite important. So when you get that cell positioning right, you're able to actually get uh, uh, this one, you're able to get a tissue that is close, as close as possible to what it is inside the human body. And uh, that's where uh, 3D bioprinting plays a very important role. And uh, currently it's at that stage, but going into human beings, we believe it will take at least another 10 years because, you know, we have to go through stringent regulatory guidelines and ensure that, you know, first of all, we have to get the, uh, get, uh, get over these two hurdles and get those comp, uh, build those complicated organs within the lab. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's about it overall when you're looking at the bioprinting industry. But there's very interesting stuff, people who are working on the technology as well as on the biotech. So, that's where you know uh, people are working on it and the last last thing i would say is biomaterials so in 3d printing you would use plastics and metals here you're using biomaterials so you're using something like gelatin or you're using something like collagen which is generally available you know uh, in environment 
Lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So, so you said it, it could take a period of ten years, you know. But somehow the technology is growing exponentially, and, and there are so many people around the world who is doing some crazy, crazy things, you know. And, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Maybe ten years, maybe faster. But you know, whenever this technology becomes a reality, obviously it's gonna transform mankind. It's gonna transform healthcare. You, you spoke about nature, yeah. nature. How uniquely and how beautifully it performs. I was having a conversation with the. these guys who are 3d printing meat 3d printing food yeah. and 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 it, yeah. it, it's it's actually quite simple you take a cell you put it in a petri dish you you you, yeah. you give it nutrients and proteins and it starts yeah. actually thinking that it's alive and it starts becoming meat you know so yeah so yeah, I, I, yeah so I, i i think i think uh, we living in, in a fun fantastic point of time i am stressing that again and it's this yeah. crazy entrepreneurs such as yourself who are visionary and who are going for those bold and audacious things and trying to revolutionize medicine so you have a patented 3d printer you say that it's india's first 3d customizable bioprinter right so can you can you talk us about that and also talk us about sure. your partner or autodesk that you are building with so um, autodesk uh, has been our partner for the past 3 4 years so we use the softwares to design anything and everything that goes into the machine uh, including the final cuts that goes into manufacturing and everything so autodesk is a big partner for us uh, we use the software fusion 360 to actually do most of our works and uh, uh, in terms of trivima trivima is uh, we call it india's first customizable 3d bioprinter so uh, when we initially started out uh, we spoke to a lot of researchers we sort of got an understanding of the space of 3d bioprinting uh, with specific focus on india and also we we spoke to a few global researchers we were lucky to get those calls you know we were nobody in that time in the field and uh, people actually were sweet enough to talk to us and we were able to uh, understand that there are big challenges when it comes to the engineering uh so if you buy uh, researcher said that you know if you purchase a commercial 3d bioprinter uh you would be stuck in their engineering ecosystem so we didn't want that uh, we didn't want that for ourselves so uh you know any startup when you start up it's and you want to build a machine uh economics comes into play and uh, gives you a reality check so that's where we had to go looking out for grants so we looked out for grants from uh, the karnataka state government uh and we got the uh, uh, the first elevate grant at that point it was called idea to poc and uh, we were lucky enough to be incubated at uh, bangalore bio innovation center which is right here at electronic city in bangalore and uh, we uh, within 7 months of getting the grant in uh, we we got the grant somewhere around um uh, april or may 2017 and we were able to build the machine so the focus for us was to uh, see how can we make this customizable so the focus was not to build a commercial machine initially uh, the focus was to build a machine that can actually uh, work for us so uh, we were focused on bioprinting skin so we built a machine where you know we could customize a lot of parts so we didn't know what the requirements would be for skin so we customized we built a machine that where we could customize every, everything from the temperature control um, all the way uh, to the you know the axis movements the axis precision all of that um 
and we uh, and if we required the level of sterility in our printers or, or did not require it all of that we were able to maintain uh, so people are talking about uv lights going through flights and all of that we use the same uv lights within our printers to ensure that there's a safe sterile, sterile nature with a sterile nature within the printer and uh, the, these are things that we put in then uh, you know we uh, we reached out to researchers we said hey we have this printer we want to test it out um, uh, why don't you just uh, give us some biomaterials so uh, the same researchers whom we spoke to before and they they were sweet enough to give it to us and we were able to test across an array of materials that are used in bioprinting um, and uh, not to go too scientific but this was more of artificial as well as natural uh, hydrogels uh, or or uh, polymers i would say that we used biopolymers that we used in printing and uh, specifically we printed uh, these uh, scaffolds so the initial constructs of any 3d bioprinting process is called a scaffold it's just a criss cross pattern that 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 forms a scaffold and it can be with cells or it can be without cells and we did that and uh, uh, we uh, along the way we generated a couple of patents uh, one of the patents was on precise uh, temperature control and another one was on precise movement um, and uh, two days back we actually got a third patent granted which was on the process of 3d bioprinting of human skin um, so that was these are three patents that uh, we garnered along the way and um, we understood that you know researchers wanted that level of customization so we started speaking out to folks and we said okay hey uh, now we're ready to build printers so um, do you guys have any specific requirements and and people are really happy about the fact that you know there is a company in india at least indian researchers are really happy that there's a company in india that is building bioprinters that is customizable for their specific research requirements uh, generally they would buy an expensive machine that would cost anywhere between uh, 20 lakhs to 1.5 cr and uh, you have this broad range that you're working with and uh, you and and generally if say if you buy a machine worth uh, 60 70 lakhs and the machine doesn't do uh, it works specifically for that project but then you have another project in the background once that project comes to the fore you you're like okay this doesn't work for me anymore what do i do with this so that's where the customizability option comes in so we work with our clients rather than saying okay here's a printer tata bye bye call whenever you require service so for us it's more of continuous engagement with the customers so we pick and choose our customers people who are doing serious bioprinting research who understand the requirements their requirements completely and uh, we work with them step by step you know first analyzing their requirements and then doing that's why we say it's a customizable bioprinter and it's not just a bioprinter and it's india's first it's i wouldn't say it's india's first bioprinter i'll say it's india's first customizable bioprinter even though there are companies before us that have come for us the focus was on customization right right so 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 tell me what has the traction been on the bioprinter and besides that you said you you spoke about the bioprinted uh, skin and you patented that also right it's called inno skin so yeah. can yeah. can you talk about that is it being tested is it being clinically used where what's the status at this point in time with the inno skin 
Okay, so uh, uh, in traction with the bioprinter, we uh, we have clients in India and abroad both uh, who are using it for various purposes. Since we are under NDAs with these researchers and we work with them at a close level, I cannot reveal the research, but specifically we have clients that are both in India and abroad that are using it for various purposes, uh, right from uh, tumor modeling to uh, printing bone. And... Um, but the specific focus uh, for us was to see now that we had the technology, uh, the next step was ideally to look at how it can be applied, right? And that's where InnoSkin comes in. So uh, we looked at the market. Uh, we saw, okay, what uh, what is the biggest thing right now that is uh, uh, that 3D bioprinting can solve immediately? And we looked at uh, animal testing. So globally, uh, there are close to around, um, uh, uh, there, there are many labs around the world uh, that uh, test on animals, sadly, for cosmetics and chemicals. Right, right, right. Uh, and uh, people are bringing in a ban right now. Uh, so when you're looking at the European Union, in, back in 2003, they banned animal testing. They, uh, uh, But right now there are labs within the U.S. that are still uh, testing on animals. Sadly, there are labs uh, uh, within our country. I think the, uh, recently, uh, a couple of years back, uh, there was a lab that uh, which was testing on dogs. Uh, but these are things that are happening globally. And uh, the companies are now shifting. They're now shifting from animal testing slowly. And uh, see, for pharmaceutical testing, yes, uh, animal uh, uh, animals will be required in clinical trials because these are drugs that are directly going to patients. People are looking for way around, you know, animals, not using animals for testing. But specifically, if you're looking at cosmetic, uh, chemical or agrochemical uh, companies, uh, they they have the option to shift away from animals, and that's where uh, you know they're using you're looking at 3D models for testing, and that's where bioprinting comes in. So that's where we started looking at skin, uh, and let me give you an example. So if company XYZ comes out with a shampoo or say a moisturizing cream, they would have a certain level of chemicals within that. However natural they say it is, right. it has some chemicals. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so those chemicals have to be tested on the skin, right? And uh, uh, generally, uh, you know, in yesteryears, they would test it on animals. And uh, how can you compare an animal skin to human skin? Because it's completely different, you know? And uh, how can you compare animal hair to human hair? It's completely different. Uh, you would need human skin to get the actual level of testing that uh, you know, or the actual results. And that's where, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, these companies would actually apply this, uh, the cream on the animals and they would see how it would affect the skin, whether it would erode the skin, whether it would cause scars, things like that. And uh, that's where, uh, uh, you know, they started looking at alternatives. And the alternatives currently is 3D, uh, 3D printed, bioprinted skin. And we are building that right now for cosmetic, uh, chemical and agrochemical companies, uh, FMCG companies, and in certain cases, pharma. Um, even tobacco companies would have to do testing on the skin. <laughs> this, this even blew our mind. But uh, specifically, uh, right now, the focus for us is to develop models that can go into testing uh, for, uh, uh, you know, as an alternative to animal testing. 
and uh, but the long term goal for us is to see how it can go into human beings for transplant so that's where the game changes completely right so uh, when you're going into human beings for transplant we have to get three things right one is getting sweat glands human skin has sweat glands so getting that right the second one is hair getting the human hair right and the hair follicles that would really change the game and the third one is getting the veins and arteries and making sure that they grow properly uh, uh, during the entire regrowth period on the skin so we are we are looking at bioprinting human skin that can go into uh, uh, that can go either directly onto patients or as a pre-placement you know you you figure out what is the area and the diameter you print it and then you put it in but for wounds cosmetic uh, corrections uh, we are looking at uh, burn burn victims acid victims people who who have undergone really serious skin based trauma and how we can actually develop skin that can help them and or you know a cosmetic correction is so personal it has to be done right and if it is done wrong uh, you know you're doing injustice to the patient and that's where uh, we are looking at you know skin you know skin uh, at least for the next 5 years our goal is to work towards a more clinical aspect where we can take it to the patients and we believe uh, this cannot be done alone this be done by a singular company it has to be done in collaboration so um, we are talking to researchers uh, all around the globe to see how we can bring our technologies how we can bring our knowledge together in order to build human skin that can go into patients imagine if you can bioprint human hair you cure baldness there so that's where that, that's the capability that we have um but yes i'm not saying it's a reality yet i'm saying it's a capability and uh, the capability comes when you know people from multiple disciplines so bioprinting is sort of like a mix of different disciplines you have engineers who work on uh, mechanical electronics uh, mechatronics bio uh, biomedical who work on the uh, mechanical side on the engineering side technology you have a uh, chemist biomaterial scientist bio biochemist who are working on the biomaterial that goes in and then you have the cell biologists that basically take uh, this all and put it together so you have three different disciplines that are actually coming in so the job market also when you're looking at biofitting is is growing you know as days go by and um currently we believe there is more research happening in the skin domain a lot of people interested in skin because of you know what it can potentially be and uh, that's where we started with skin and that's where we want to go with skin and uh, you know along the way we are looking at also developing cancer models that can help uh, in uh, cancer therapy development so we are looking at uh, uh, bioprinting uh, melanoma models skin models that can go in for testing for treating melanoma or something like psoriasis which is a problem with the skin so we are looking at various other uh, areas where uh, uh, you know we uh, we can actually develop products that can be a game changer and develop real therapies for human beings lovely lovely how cool is that you know there's this guy called andrew hessel i don't know whether you know about him he's ex uh, autodesk and he also has he's also the founder of human genomics project 
yeah so he's been talking about programming life and i think he's one of the forefront guys who understands genomics and and understands what a cell can do how you can produce that and you know with artificial intelligence like you said i mean you know we are getting into an exciting space where uh, yeah. where everything coming in another 10 years is going to look like magic you know how will the world look when we uh, uh, you know we don't need to wait for an organ uh, transplant but you know we can 3d print them and, and, and with this 3d printing it's it's not just organ uh, transplant right we 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 talking about 3d printing food there are people who are 3d printing buildings there are people who are 3d printing yeah. uh, so, so so i i think we're living in super super exciting time so you said the three most important thing for 3d printing a human skin is sweat glands hair veins and arteries what is the rough timelines you think it'll take to have a a 3d printed skin and 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 second question what does your 3d printer do right now what are the organs it can print right now so uh, you put me in a tight spot with respect to the timelines <laughs> i have to say that <laughs> but it's okay uh, we are looking at uh, uh 3d bioprinting uh human skin i i, I feel uh the sweat glands uh is quite complex because uh, you're dealing with something that's really small and you know you have so many of them on your skin so imagine printing just uh, uh something as big as my palm and imagine the number of sweat glands over there <laughs> you know getting that level of precision that's that's quite difficult so uh that's where i feel the technology has to come in to play as well uh the second one would be the hair follicle where you're looking at uh you know getting the follicles in the right position with the stem uh, your hair go- uh, grows from stem cells so that's that's where we are looking at uh stem stem like cells that can be there so we believe uh getting these two aspects right would take the longest um and uh, it would take at least 4 to 5 years for people to figure it out uh everybody's trying i mean there are researchers globally that we are speaking to that are trying um uh, they failed some have succeeded in certain ways so there are multiple technologies in bioprinting which is coming which is quite interesting and uh, the bioprinting domain is closer i feel than ever before to get arteries and veins because everybody's working on it and uh there there are researchers that are developing specific biomaterials that can be used for printing arteries and uh, arteries and veins vasculature in, in general so uh, we are living in exciting times like you said in terms of our printer uh, we printed the skin uh, so our skin is uh, have you ever peeled your lip so when you peel it, the skin is that thin so that's the, we are we just working on the topmost layer of the skin where most of the work is done and uh, we are looking at 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 just that thinness right now but the the challenge is when you go deeper 
and uh, so we are printing with uh, we are printing skin right now we are printed with uh, bone ceramic materials we are printed with uh, pure synthetic polymers that have uh, been uh, that uh, that have been tested for wound healing applications uh, but yes we uh, since our focus has been on skin and we are a startup we have uh, we want, the the future goals for us is to test with clean meat uh, is to test with uh, uh, organs uh, multiple different organs such as the liver uh, the cornea the bone so these are things that we are actually looking at that is in our radar uh, but we uh, we wanted to work on the skin project first get that uh, right and then the next step for us will be to actually focus on larger things we are looking at uh, actually getting into even cancer therapy like i mentioned before so these are different areas that we are looking at so the focus for us is uh, three main goals one is uh, uh, animal free r&d the second one is precision medicine uh, and the third one is personalized therapy uh, that's going to be the three mantras that we uh, that we go by and uh, uh, the the whole goal for us along the way uh, i mean the long term vision is to see how uh, we can get into hu uh, human beings get Uh, tissues into human beings or organs within uh, into human beings uh, for transplants you know that's that's the entire goal for us Lovely. so it's, it's a step by step process so how is 3d bioprinting aiding in the fight against covid so we are living in a time where um, uh, you know newer technologies and newer innovations are coming about for covid right uh, whoever thought that we would be wearing face shields whoever thought that you know we would be uh, uh, we would be using uv lights to sanitize every portion of uh, an, an airport or an airplane so we are looking at a time where uh, innovations are changing uh, the world globally and that's why 3d bioprinting is helping as well uh, yes so the, the goal of 3d bioprinting is to get into organ transplants and all of that to bridge that gap but for us it is more of uh, we see that you know uh, there are companies out there there are people out there that are doing some interesting work a very notable work is with respect to 3d bioprinting of miniature lung models uh, that can be used for testing so these lung models can be used for testing the new covid vaccine uh, or the effect of different drugs on uh, uh, on a lung that has already been infected with coronavirus so this is where it's uh, it's helpful how is it different from the other models is because it helps replicate or uh, replicate the the uh, what would be inside the body in within the lab which makes it much more easier rather than testing it directly on the patient uh, with all the fake news going around i think uh, we need more and more validation and uh, i think 3d bioprinting is helping in that validation by you know uh, providing uh, stronger results at least less of false positives and false negatives Lovely. So, can you talk a little bit about your inspiration and some breakthrough uh, uh, research which has excited you the most in recent time? Okay, uh, my inspiration is uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, he has always been my inspiration, and uh, I actually I follow some of his mantras. And he uh, he has uh, I mean he really changed the way we look we look at products, right? and he really changed the way uh, where uh, we uh, the way we use our phones to the way we listen to music uh, he really changed that that he created that dent that we are looking for in the world 
And that paradigm shift is what I'm trying to bring about with bioprinting to see. Uh, and, and the best part Steve Jobs did was that he got people together. Uh, if you're looking at iTunes, he had to get multiple recording studios together to actually work together to come on iTunes. And uh, that is something which only Steve Jobs could achieve. Uh, and uh, what we are trying to do at NBIL is uh, work as a platform where people can come in, work, work on the platform, and develop products that can actually change the world. So our team, our tech, our processes, our patents, all of these form the base, the foundation of the company about which different verticals and different products are formed. And that's how, you know, that's how we are looking at uh, building the entire company. Uh, that that is one and uh, an interesting one that that really piqued my interest was Neuralink that uh, Elon Musk announced a few uh, weeks ago and uh, he's a he's a guy who's changed the world three times I believe one in uh, PayPal two uh, with Tesla and three with SpaceX and I think this is the fourth thing that he's going to change the world with yeah Hyperloop is still there but I think it's still a work in progress. But uh, Neuralink, uh, I think, would be the next thing to understand. Um, our brain is so complex. It's it's the only organ you cannot bioprint because our brains are so unique to us. And to understand uh, how the brain functions and to understand how we interpret emotions or how, uh, you know, why we do the things we do or how we react the way we react. Um, and uh, also to help patients who undergo a serious brain damage and nerve damage. I think it would be a really big game changer in the medicine industry. Um, it's the same on the lines of, you know, fixing organ transplantation. Imagine if a person is not able to see and you're able to give him sight just by changing the way his brain is perceiving certain things or not able to walk and suddenly he's able to walk just by the way he's perceiving things or training his mind to look at things in, in a different way. That's That's quite interesting. Yeah, so I, I think we are in a fantastic time in human history. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we are understanding ourselves and our environment better. Like yeah. we know that we've got 3.4 billion base pairs of DNA. We are understanding yeah. what the DNA does. And, and we, there are people who are synthesizing DNA. They're synthesizing human yeah. life as we know. Neuralink obviously is, you've got 80 billion neurons and 100 billion synapses yeah. and how they wire and fire create each and everything like how I speak the words that comes out of my mouth my mouth the by my five senses it's because yeah. how I perceive the world around us and now you said we cannot bioprint the brain but what with yeah. neural link what they're trying to do is upload and download the data obviously yeah. it's in a very very nascent stage at this point in time but yeah. what if that technology may be in another? 30, 50, 100 years. I'm sure it's going to happen much, much faster. But what if we come to a point where we can completely understand the language of our brains, how our neurons fire and wire, what it does. And if we can create an interface and copy the entire neuronal data onto a computer, that's going to be something which is going to be, I think it will disrupt the world 
unfathomably. I, 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 and, and yes, like you said, Neuralink and Elon Musk is doing some crazy things. And when that happens, yeah. we'll get into the matrix kind of world where everything will be uploaded, yeah. downloaded. I mean, it sounds crazy and science fiction at this point in time, but yes. there are some really credible uh, organizations who are working on brain-computer interface, DAPA being one yeah. of them. I think we're going to, we, we're entering a crazy, crazy world. So, so tell me, you know, given yeah. that this is such a niche domain and not many people know about it, what would be the career aspect in this industry? Like I mentioned before, uh, bioprinting is a field that, that has different disciplines that come together. You have people who are working on design, who are working on the... Um, aspect of designing those structures, the 3D printed structures that you see on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you go. But apart from that, our designers also work on designing 3D bioprinters. So designing the machines, designing the components that go behind them. Uh, We have uh, engineers from the mechanical, uh, biomedical side, electronic side, who understand how different components work and uh, with respect to 3D printing uh, and uh, apply those same concepts to bioprinting and also improve on those concepts or come out with new concepts. Uh, if you're looking at uh, the biotech side of things, we have uh, people who are working on biomaterials who concoct these formulations that actually hold the cells within, you know, your uh, bioprinting setup. And then you have uh, the cell biologists who actually work with the cells. Uh, you have uh, people who are working as a cross-function between these two teams. Uh, we have uh, the engineering, the biotech, and in between we have the bioprinting team so bioprinting uh, the bioprinting team's focus is to bring these two teams together and ensure that you know there's a nice if i draw a venn diagram the bioprinting would be team would be right in the middle and uh, then apart from that obviously you uh, uh, there are companies right now I, I think there are close to around 120 to 130 companies globally in 3d bioprinting and all of them are working on some aspect or the other they're working on either skin, bone, or they're building printers, or they're making biomaterials. So the career aspects as such doesn't only uh, come into R&D, but also with how these companies want to market themselves, what kind of IP they want to generate, what kind of regulatory framework that they're going to look at. So there are the career aspects come in R&D, yes, as an engineer, as a scientist, but also as a marketing professional, you can help these companies grow. You can um, work with companies. Uh, in, I think in a space where, in an age where unemployment is on the rise and companies are cutting down costs, uh, people should look at niche uh, uh, areas of research. And uh, that's why we actually launched our uh, new platform, Next Big Learning. So the specific focus for that was on uh, was to upskill people uh, in the domain of 3D bioprinting. And uh, uh, we have just uh, we just launched it like probably on August 25th. And uh, the specific focus is that you know right now people are losing their jobs. They are. It's better to be in a niche domain where uh, you know you uh, you can fit in and probably you're looking for your next project and bioprinting could be a very interesting space to be in. And it's a small community right now. I wouldn't say it's too large, um, uh, like uh, you know any other industry, like the 3D printing industry, if you want to say. Bioprinting is a small niche within the 3D printing industry, and 
the career aspects are huge because it's multidisciplinary it's not just one aspect lovely lovely yeah thank you thank you priyush yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you yes i think we we'll, it's thank an exciting so space and i think you'll wish you the very best to you and your team now i'm 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 sure possibly maybe in like 10 years time or within that we will have something which is <laughs> like you know people will not have to wait for organs people will not have to die you know i mean waiting for this organs yeah. uh, we be getting into a exciting space and and like you said you, you spoke about your your educational platform next big learning i i think people need to understand that uh, the world uh, uh, the technology is going exponentially and all or linear or traditional education system which is just maybe a degree driven which doesn't really add value is changing it's getting disrupted people yeah. are yeah. looking at they they they're not looking at education they're looking at what you can do how resilient you are how innovative you are and 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 these fields which you say are niche like i mean all of the frontier technology are at this point innovation artificial yeah. intelligence iod by uh, synthetic biology by bio, 3d bioprinting ar vr mr it's niche but if and only if these education institutes these students their parents understand that this is the future this is going to change transform the world and if people understand the importance of it and if they start getting into it right now it's going to change the world obviously i'm going to leave behind the link uh, of next big learning and thank you once again for thank being you. part of change i'm possible thank podcast so yes we're living in fantastic times and to my listeners if you like what you uh-huh. see in here please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you guys